0: People are saying, hey, if I am putting my reputation, my name on the line, if I'm giving you my skills, my time, my effort, if I'm aligning my personal brand to your organizational brand, it's got to be amazing. I wanna roll up my sleeves and be involved.
1: That's just some of the great insight you'll hear from our guests today. Welcome to VSAE Connections, an original podcast series focused on the interconnectivity of Virginia's association community. Produced by the Virginia Society of Association Executives. I'm Colby Horton, and I'm here with my colleague and co-host Frank Humata. Hey Frank. Hey Colby. So Frank, today we're discussing some crucial aspects of association membership, things that VSAE members focus on a lot. In particular, we're exploring why younger generations might be hesitant to join associations and why it's absolutely essential to include these young and emerging professionals in your organization.
2: That's right, Colby. It's not just about attracting and retaining members. It's about understanding how to bridge the gap between the generations that make up your association. And our guest today has a lot of experience in the ever-changing landscape of membership engagement in association. So today, we welcome Sarah Sladek to the podcast. Sarah is a generational expert and thought leader who dedicated her career to studying and researching the membership and engagement shift. She uses this wisdom to help membership professionals, leaders, teams, and organizations change their paths and become successful. Her modern-day membership science and cutting-edge engagement strategies have helped save thousands of member organizations and associations around the world. I'm really looking forward to diving into this topic. So let's connect with Sarah Sladek. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah.
1: Woohoo. Happy
0: to be here.
2: I love that energy. <laughs> Sarah, to, to kick things off, I'd actually love to learn more about you, about who you are and how you got to where you are today.
0: All right. Fantastic. That's kind of a big question, right? From the like, tell your life story.
1: Lots of pressure and, coming.
0: <laughs> one minute. <of> <laughs>
1: Yeah, be aware of that time. We're not going to give you the yeah, whole I time know, period I to knock out this you one question. talked
0: about the time, and here, here I get this question <laughs> right off the bat. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I am uh, happy to be here. I'm Sarah Sladek, and I am an author and a speaker on the topic of generations and belonging and engagement in both membership associations as well as corporations. It's something I've studied for the past. 20 or so years. So for quite a while, I started super young. Um, Sounds like I, I feel really old when I say I've been doing this for 20 years. But yeah, I'm just I'm really fascinated by why people engage differently, why we started to see shifts in engagement by generation and what the heck happened, what was in the water that made uh, engagement begin to decline in our associations as well as our workplaces. So that's what I do in a nutshell.
1: And I think we're going to get into quite a bit of that as we go through this podcast. But you know, you've obviously dedicated your career to studying and researching the membership and engagement shift. But if you don't mind, let's let's share a little bit with the audience. What are some of the major differences that you see between the different generations that make up an association membership today?
0: Okay, so I love this question because here's how I put it. You know, we talk about generational changes. And yes, people get caught up in some of the stereotypes and some of those things. But I want us to take a step back because I think that we tend to look at the micro. And what I urge people to do is look at the macro trends. So we are different and we have generational conversations and debates and awareness today more than ever because we've actually seen the end of one era and the beginning of another. So we're actually kind of living through a really monumental transitional time in history which sounds kind of dramatic but it is (laughs) we are actually living through what i would refer to as the end of the industrial era and that that might sound really crazy because the industrial era was founded in the 1700s but so many of our organizations today still operate with an industrial era mindset So, for the generations that have been raised during this industrial era, it's all about, you know, they were raised knowing and being comfortable with hierarchy and uh, celebrating experience and wisdom and managing people and maintaining status quo and doing things very linear and having very, you know, a lot of predictability in organizations and in leadership and scheduling and everything. But since 1982, that was kind of the real turn point year. Since 1982, the generations born after that, you know, the world's been kind of crazy. (laughs) It's been chaotic. Things have been moving really fast. It's instant gratification. It's on demand. It's personalization, customization, global, remote, flexible. You know, it's not linear in in the processes or the thinking. So this is the biggest generational difference I see for the generations that came of age before 1982 they are expecting something really different from their experiences whether that's in membership or workplaces and the generations born after 1982 are showing up and going yeah this doesn't really make sense to me and immediately we have these conflicts or tug of wars between industrial era raised generations and managed organizations. And this post-industrial or what's become known as talent economy raised generations and organizations. So, so yeah, and there are other differences, obviously, but that we don't talk about this huge transition enough and how that shaped human behavior and how that's defined generations as a whole.
1: That's really a, a big picture there. No wonder associations tend to struggle to basically market to one generation over the other. There's, there's a lot of things to take into account here. And again, I think it's something that we'll keep talking about here. But, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the the passions of our guests I think you've already talked about quite a bit, but I believe that this, this research and, and these studies that you do is truly part of your passion here. Why is this research so important to you?
0: Oh, my gosh. I love, I love doing this. Um, I love knowing what makes people tick. But I also am very annoyed by stereotypes and myths. I um, started out my career as a journalist. So, someone who likes to be curious and someone who likes to get get the facts, you know. And I went from being a journalist early in my career and I transitioned to become a director of media for an association. And I was promoted to leadership uh, at a fairly young age. I was in my late 20s at the time. And I attended an association conference there were more than 400 people. And I remember at the at the luncheon, you know, the <laughs> where uh, they have a speaker and a lunch and, you know, the rubber chicken dinner, whatever. And I remember the speaker said, oh, I'm so curious, we're, we're welcoming a new generation. And if you're under 40, stand up. And again, at this time, I was in my 20s. And I stood up and looked around and there were 12 people. I counted it real quick. There were 12 people standing up in this room of over 400. And I just had this, whoo this light bulb moment of what is going on here? Where are the young people? Why are associations struggling to engage young people, both as staff as well as members, as well as board, and on and on. And I just thought to myself, there is a story here, and I wanted to find out the truth. Because at the time, there was a lot of blame being thrown around that because at the time it was all about Gen X. What is wrong with Gen X? Gen X are slackers. They're just not joiners. It's like the this whole generation was just branded with this major character flaw. Like we just have this problem, right? And I really believed that if the conversation was reversed, if organizations were actually pausing and saying, wait a second, What's wrong with us? (laughs) Are we still relevant? What's happened to change what people want from their experiences with our organization? But we're all too quick. And we're kind of taught this by societal trends, dates back, way back in history, really since the beginning of time that the generation that's coming up, they're young, they don't know anything, they're inexperienced. We tend to be really, really critical of the youngest generation and i just am really passionate about changing that narrative
2: i love that it's a great segue into my question so let's let's continue to focus on young or emerging association professionals you know in your opinion why don't young professionals join associations like past generations
0: yeah so part of it is because like i mentioned previously they're still living in the industrial era right and we've had more changed in the past few decades than at any other time in history. And yet our organizations are really, so many of them are so slow to change, or they they change one aspect, and they're like, that was hard work. <laughs> but But all these other pieces need to change too. And the speed of change is phenomenal right now. I mean, we hear it all the time that we're living in an era of disruption, but I don't know that we're really, truly absorbing what that means and really, really responsive to to the changing needs of our market and our audience. So young people aren't joining for that reason, first and foremost. But the other piece, as I've studied this, I've noticed that the cycle to engagement has literally changed. So what I mean by that is that it used to be that boomers and Xers kind of and that industrial era mindset again would join an organization because they felt it was an obligation, or a boss told them you're joining, or they wanted to, you know, it's the right thing to do. But there was a shift that began to occur with that greater access to technology and increased access to information and education all of a sudden belonging and engagement shifted where young people wanted access immediately because that's what they were raised knowing and having so where boomers and xers would come into an organization and they would kind of observe like you learn the ropes you pay your dues you know we have all these phrases to say sit back and wait your turn right so you sit we observe And then eventually you have enough experience that you can actually volunteer for something. And then eventually you have enough under your belt that you can actually lead something. But for today's younger generations, they're coming in and they're saying, no, I want to feel like I belong and I'm part of this community immediately. I am not going to sit around and wait. And if I'm actually joining, I, that I'm making a commitment, I'm making a statement about what I believe in. It's a personal belief now, as in the past, it was a social expectation. So now people are saying, hey, if I am putting my reputation, my name on the line, if I'm giving you my skills, my time, my effort, if I'm aligning my personal brand to your organizational brand, it's got to be amazing. I want to roll up my sleeves and be involved. Like, immediately, I want a voice at the table. I want an opportunity to volunteer or do something influential. I want to be part of this community and not a bystander. So engagement has just changed. The expectations have changed. The whole game has changed.
1: Do you think associations of, let's even say 10 years ago, right, people joined the association so they could you know, be a part of the education sessions and be a part of the discussion forums and get the, the trade magazine. And do you feel like today there's so much competition in the association world for the young professionals eyes or membership dues or whatever? What competition is out there and how, how is that affecting the association's ability to really engage or recruit or even retain these young professionals right now?
0: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Competition is at an all-time high because it's easier than ever to um, have a community online or to deliver education. That means associations are under increasing pressure to deliver something unique and valuable and important and urgent. And unfortunately, just as you mentioned, associations kind of got in a rut. It <laughs> get stuck a little bit of kind of doing things on a continuum that's that industrial era mindset we're going to do things because this is what works this is what we've always done so that predictability that schedule we finish one conference we start planning the next but again the market needs have changed and what i've what i'm observing is that for the associations that aren't keeping pace there's actual communities of young people breaking off and starting their own communities. So that's a a huge threat. I want to back up for just a moment and say, no matter what, people want community. That's part of our innate human desire. We want to belong to something. It's just simply that what associations need to deliver, they've got to be, have their finger on the pulse of what their members want and be ready to deliver on it and not waiting and not treading water. They have to be innovating, they have to be creating, coming up with new ideas, new solutions. Because the other thing that hasn't really changed is that people join associations because they believe that association can help them solve a problem. But when we keep solving the same problem over and over again, and we stop asking our members what they really want, and we kind of ignore what young professionals want, that's when associations become irrelevant. So I think to answer your question, competition is everywhere. And I have seen a lot of organizations break up or see mass groups of people leave because the association stopped listening and stopped responding to what their members want when you do that, you kind of lost sight of your mission and your audience isn't going to wait around anymore for you to change.
1: I think that's one reason why we're talking to you today, because I think the VSAE community is very in tune with what you're talking about right now. And, you know, they're looking for ways to make sure that they remain relevant with their membership. And, you know, Frank and I have talked to many on this podcast and many you know, at conferences or, or whatever. And they're looking for these points or they're, they're very anxious about making sure that they remain relevant within the space. So kudos to VSAE members. And really, I would assume the majority of that association community wants to do what you're talking about, but may need a little bit of push because again, they have a board that they're reporting to or some tenured staff members that they're talking to too. So there's, there's obstacles out there. But the good news is, is I think that for the most part, the association community is embracing this idea of getting the young professionals engaged within the organization.
0: Can I just add, I totally agree with you. But I think that we're seeing a lot of talk and not enough walk. <laughs> so people are saying, oh, it's so important. We got to do it. But you know, all too often when I'm out working with clients and giving speeches or whatever the case may be, and I'll hear that mentioned, oh, it's so urgent, which by the way, it's been urgent for 20 years. That's why I started this business. It was urgent then. It's still urgent now. And so many say we want to do this and, and either they don't know how or they're resisting <laughs> the path forward. But I still hear today that there are so many boards that are organized entirely by seniority and title alone. They're not actually bringing young people into leadership. Or I'll ask the question of, hey, okay, so you want to engage young people. Do you have you start a think tank? Are you talking to them? Are you bringing them into decision-making circles? Well, no. Okay, so how are you reaching them? Well, we think this is what they want because we have kids who are millennials. (laughs) You wouldn't believe how often I hear that. It's like, no, you have to go to the source. You have to build a relationship. And as a community of belonging, come on, associations, you can do better than this. So
1: Agreed. And and you're here to help, you know, those that want to, but the urgency seems to be there, but really don't know where that first step is. Well, here you are. You're you're providing that first step or second step or third step or whatever step they're on to progress this forward. So I think that's that's really good. When we talk about engaging young professionals within the association. How important is personalized or customized content and messaging for those folks?
0: I do think it's very, very important because it's what they're accustomed to. You know, all the social media has an algorithm that tends to tailor to your interests and needs. So they're wanting the association to tailor to their interests and needs. But with that being said, I think there's also realistic expectations I think, again, they're looking to associations to have the opportunity to learn, lead, make a difference. That's really the three core things. And if you've got great content to boot, that's gravy. And that's fantastic. Good on you. So I I do think it's important, but I, I think those learn, lead, and make a difference avenues are critical.
2: Are there any innovative approaches you recommend for increasing member retention and loyalty?
0: Yeah. You know what? Okay. So what I always say is you're not going to invite people over to dinner before you clean the house. (laughs) And a lot of times I'll I'll hear associations say, oh my gosh, we just recruit, recruit, recruit. It's all about recruiting. And then you look at their numbers and retention absolutely sucks. And that's, oh my gosh. So they're making the mistake of having that dinner party, inviting people in before they clean up the house. Retention's got to be number one. It's got to be about delivering the best experience, the best service. And when you do that, and people love, love, love being a member of your organization, they feel like they really belong. They feel valued, important. They feel an emotional connection to the association. All is well. It's good. It's fabulous. The recruiting piece takes care of itself because when people are truly happy and engaged, they will talk positively. They will invite people in. It will be contagious. The energy will be absolutely contagious. So I'm always urging associations to think about experience and service. And that retention piece, you know, again, experience and service, I think it's looking at and being in dialogue and relationship with your members continually, continually So there's little strange things that I see associations do. For example, there's this belief that we can't survey our members too often. We can't ask them too many questions. I've heard that so many times. But again, if you want to be on your A game, you should be doing short little surveys and polls and constantly asking feedback all the time. How else can you be responsive to your members and be in relationship with them? Or there's this Thing that, well, if they want a relationship, they'll come to the meetings, they'll come to the events. That's an engaged member. That's participation. No, so, you know, that's how we end up with board members who, yeah, they highly participate perhaps, but that doesn't an engaged member make. Member engagement is defined, the definition really is connectivity, an emotional connection. We don't talk about our focus nearly enough on that associations tend to borrow from, from business practices. They tend to make it very transactional. And that's not what membership is. This is not a business. It's a community. And that requires a very different approach.
1: That makes a lot of sense when we're talking community. Why do you think it's important for association execs themselves to be part of a community such as VSAE?
0: Well, I mean, what better place to go and be with your peers? People who are facing the same challenges, people who can share best practices, it's really a challenge to lead by yourself. And I think having that community, it's also a reminder when you're going to something like VSAE, it's a reminder that this is what your members are looking for and needing from your association. We want to belong. We like to be part of a community and it gives us a real sense of, you know, peace, accomplishment, celebration, and that's very, very powerful.
1: Excellent. So let's give you a little plug here. You've written several books that provide practical guidance for organizations seeking to bridge the gap between generations. You have a new book coming out in September called Member Shift. Yeah, Exciting (laughs) stuff there. Can you give us a preview?
0: Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Yes. Member Shift, Why Members Leave and the Strategies Proven to Bring Them Back. I mean, who wouldn't want to read this, right? But I wanted to author a book to talk about change in two aspects. Membership meaning that what members want from associations is changing and membership meaning that associations better get to move in on change. So I authored, what year was it? 2013? The end of membership as we know it. 2011? Gosh, now I don't remember. But Anyway, a while ago, a while ago, about a decade ago, little give or take. Uh, The end of membership as we know it, and it was at that time I was saying we are at the end of an era for a few key reasons. We have economic instability, extreme highs, extreme lows. That changes consumerism, which changes membership. Rapidly changing technology at that time. There had been more technology developed in a five-year time span than in the previous 50 years. And of course, demographic change. For the first time ever, our workforce is now trending younger as opposed to older. So that was then. Well, what about now? When you fast forward, there's so many associations that are still kind of stuck on what was happening 10 years ago. But man, you fast forward and we've got social media in the mix. We've got What I would refer to as civil war, meaning a lot of disagreements about a lot of issues and tugs of war between groups of people. People are just kind of unhappy and and opinionated right now. That's creating a lot of negativity. There's, There's actual war breaking out. There's just been a tremendous, again, I can't emphasize enough the volume of change But we're not keeping pace with change in our organizations, and uh, we've got to do that because we are at the end of membership as we know it, and member shift is revisiting some of the changes that have happened and hopefully motivating organizations to pay attention and take action.
2: And Sarah, when the book's available, where can our listeners order a copy?
0: Yeah, it drops September 14th. That's the big day. And uh, you can order it at sarahsladek.com, Sarah with an H, of course, sarahsladek.com, or go direct to Amazon and uh, look up Member Shift.
1: Excellent. We'll add those links for our show notes, too, so that folks can find it. Thanks again for joining us today, Sarah.
0: Hey, Frank. Hey, Colby. It was fun. Did you learn anything? I want to know.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, I think we're all passionate about this subject, right? It's what keeps us in the business, so.
0: Hey, it's very, very important and I appreciate that you're bringing attention to it that this was the topic of your superstar show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very insightful conversation, thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of VSAE Connections. Join us each month as we continue our conversations with VSAE members and supporters about life, work and the communities they serve. And be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on behalf of BSAE, I'm Colby Horton with Frank Cumata. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.